Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Christmas is a time of year when most of the world slows down. Work, school and daycares close, the sun heats up, but you can find yourself rushing about trying to organise everything for Christmas Day. Then the holidays, well, they're not quite what they were pre-kids. Chances are if you work, being at the office will feel like more of a rest. So how can we make the most of Christmas time? How do we enjoy what can be the most fun time of the year for kids without blowing a gasket? Amy Taylor-Kabaz is an author and founder of Happy Mama. She's an expert in finding calm in the chaos. Hi, Amy. How are you? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Does it feel apt? Are you finding the calm in the chaos? Sure. Sure yes. I am right now. She's like a swan. She's gliding across <laughs> the top right. of her little Underneath legs. Underneath there's chaos, I promise. <laughs> so uh, the lead up to Christmas can mm. be really hectic. Um, while things are slowing down, it's kind of a quite an emotional time you know you're school, the end of school term kids are excited you get ready for Christmas have you got any tips on how we can kind of land on Christmas day feeling calm and centered instead of frazzled and harassed yes and I'm going to preface this by saying that everything I'm going to say is going to sound really yeah yeah thanks for that how profound <laughs> <laughs> Because we hear it all the time. But here's the thing, you know, if I was to put my tough mum voice on for a moment, we don't actually ever really do it. So if we want to land at Christmas, as you describe it, calm and present and mindful and happy to be there instead of completely exhausted, we actually have to take all those little steps in the lead up, which means prioritising things like sleep and meditation and exercise and not prioritizing the stuff that isn't important at the moment. Now, as I said, I know it sounds like, yeah, thanks for that, Amy, but it really is the truth. If you look at your week and you can see that coming up this week, you've got the ballet concert, the end of year school concert, the walkathon and the birthday presents or the Christmas present shopping to do, you're going to have to cut out other things. This is the thing we get to this time of the year. And we think we're going to put in all this extra stuff into a calendar and a life that is already bursting at the seams. And that's why we get to Christmas and don't enjoy it because we're so burnt out. So you have to be really strict. This is all about really strong boundaries and deciding how do I want this to feel at the end? This is, you know, here it is again, another cliche, but it is a marathon and we're going to have to decide each and every day how we're going to get there. So that means many years ago, an amazing organizational coach shared this tip with me and I love it. Um, I can't remember what she called it. It was one hour, she called it the hour of power and she blocked it out in her calendar once a week. So Thursday morning at nine o'clock was hour of power and in her phone, she'd have a list that just said hour of power and everything that she thought of as she'd be running around. Oh, I've got to get that card for so-and-so. And oh, I've got to print out those things for the kids and all of those things that fly through your head, usually at traffic lights or supermarket yes. aisles. <laughs> she would put it in a list called hour of power. And then every Thursday, she'd just block that one hour out, or maybe it has to be at evening time if you work. And you open up that list and you just start doing it. 
And it really works because it's an uninterrupted hour. And a lot of those little things that drive us nuts actually don't take us very long. They're just, we think of them at the wrong time. We've kind of, you know, when we're in a state of anxiety, all those thoughts run through our head. Oh, I haven't printed that form. And oh, no, I forgot to do that. So if you have a place to put them all down, especially leading up to something like Christmas, where you've got cousins presents and, you know, Chris Crindle for work and all of those things, have a list somewhere where you're writing them all down. And when you've written them down, take a big deep breath and let it go onto the list. Don't think about it again, knowing that you have a time allocated that week to look at that list and yeah, start then organizing you're trying to do it. Otherwise, you're trying to do it That's as right. you're doing other things. That's and that right. makes it more stressful. That's it. And also, sometimes you write it down the list and you think, well, I don't even know when I'm going to get to that list. So there's two parts to this that make it work really well. One is keep them all in a place so you can get it out of your mind and out of your anxiety and write it down. But then also allocate time every week to open that list and see what you can do to get it. And I'm amazed at how much you can do off that list every week. In an hour. Yes. I love it. Well, the other thing that you mentioned there that I, I was kind of nodding, well, there are a lot of things you were saying there I was nodding to because definitely all those things that you mentioned, meditation, sleep, exercise those have all fallen off my radar already and yeah, it's only november yeah. <laughs> um but the other thing about boundaries is really interesting because for some reason this frustrates the hell out of me for some reason everyone comes to christmas and says this is the time we have to see each other and you think hold on isn't there 12 months in a year like yeah okay i get that family you, you do definitely have to see them at christmas but all different groups of friends can be saying i want to come on let's see each other now and you're like how do i fit all this in so those boundaries about saying mm, no i'm not going to do it this time i'll see you in january or february or whatever that sounds like a really good way of lowering stress it is and that comes from a deep sense within you of what your priorities are and that's a really hard thing to do because 99.9% of us are people pleasers in one way or another, especially around old friends or people we have obligations with or we love. Absolutely doesn't mean we don't love our friends, but we have to accept our limitations and we have to look at the quality of life, quality of time we're going to get when we get to Christmas. So we're going to be so burnt out because we've tried to please everyone that we're not going to connect with the ones that are the most important, which are our kids. So it's really hard and it's especially hard if uh, you don't have a strong sense of self, if you're not strong within yourself to know that I don't have to say yes to that and they'll still like me. That's a really hard thing. We That's what we figure out as we grow up, isn't it? And some of us really struggle with that still. So if you're struggling with that, realize that it's actually a sense of self that you're craving there and try and just remind yourself that these people, if they're true friends, will still be there in January, February and at Easter. It's great for catch-ups. It's (laughs) a long weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. And you've just mentioned that we like many of us like to please other people and definitely at Christmas time that can be a case even within our own families so we could have in-laws we can have our own parents we can have um, brothers-in-laws all those sorts of people that we're trying to please how do you find what you think is really important about Christmas and stick to that yes especially for young young families right because we're, we're sort of creating our own traditions when we have our own children I think this is a really important question. Um, 
And what I'm going to say might sound like a really big thing to undertake, but I think it's really important. If you can get clear on what your family values are around this time of year, it will make all the difference. Almost like creating a family mission statement. You know, get together with your partner if you can, or if it's just you yourself, that's okay. But I do this wonderful exercise with the mamas that I work with where I get them to close their eyes and take them into the future into a certain point. So this would be, you know, imagine how you want to feel on Christmas morning. Imagine how you want to feel in your body, in your health, how you want to feel when you open your eyes and hear their little voices and their noises and the sun hasn't even come up yet. (laughs) And let's be honest, most of us think, really? Come on, (laughs) the sun hasn't even come up. Can you see how how great it would feel to be rested enough to be excited about that? How do you want the, the day to unfold? Who do you want to see? What obligations do you just want to be free of? And really get clear in your mind what you want it to look and feel like and then make all your decisions around that. But it comes back to that sense of self that we were talking about before. If we're so tied up with pleasing the mother-in-law and the neighbor that we promised would pop over and all of that, then we do completely lose ourselves in this time. And yes, Christmas is for our children without a doubt, but it goes so fast. And if we're not present and happy to be there, we miss it. So I think it's a really beautiful thing to do to get clear with yourself or with your partner or if your kids are older with them, what do we want Christmas to be about? I know some families have done this and they've started going to um, like a homeless Christmas lunch on the Christmas afternoon instead of going to yet another party. You don't have to do anything that big, but maybe it's our family is always about Christmas carols on Christmas Eve. It's like my favorite thing from my childhood. And when I sat down and looked at what I wanted Christmas to be about, actually, that was the biggest thing for me, that as long as I have a house full of people laughing and singing on Christmas Eve, I'm okay to give my Christmas day to my in-laws or to other people. But that was my priority. That was the memory. How do you do that? That sounds amazing. (laughs) What, do you just sit around the piano and... Oh, there is no piano. But I (laughs) I am really strict with it I have to say I have printouts of all the words for the carols and anyone who walks through my front door is handed a booklet (laughs) yes and you must sing I'm coming Uh, and we all stand around and I've got a playlist set up and everyone stops everyone eats and drinks and is merry all afternoon and then at about seven o'clock we all stop and I make everyone sing and you know what every single person who's ever come comes sings even the older guys. I am, I am great gate crashing. You know, I'm serious. Totally. So what songs do you sing? You can tell oh, I'm really interested tradi- because I... All the traditional ones, you know, Rudolph yes. and Jingle Bells. And um, my favourite is the one we always finish on, which is War Is Over by oh, John Lennon. And every year I cry. Oh, every year. <laughs> I love That is such a great tradition. Everybody, let's just steal that. It is a really great tradition and it carries on from my childhood. It's what my parents did when I was growing up. And so this is what I'm saying about if you can just choose one thing and hang on to that as your part and then... Christmas is a lot about surrendering things too and and being there for other people and having family obligations. We understand that. But don't lose it all to everyone else. Keep something that's really important, even if it's the way you wrap the presents, even if it's the dish you always bring to a family event. You know, find something that's you and yours and you can hang on to. And I think that helps you not feel like you've lost yourself so much. 
You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Amy Taylor-Kabaz. She's an author and founder of Happy Mama, and we're talking about how to survive Christmas, really, because uh, it can be a bit full-on when you've got small children. Part of Christmas, of course, has always been holidays, in, especially in Australia. You know, we'd always have a beach holiday anyway in my family, and they're not the same once you have small children. They can still be crazy and chaotic with kids needing your attention and your time. But they're still holidays. It's the only time you'll have off. So how can we both enjoy our children but also get the kind of downtime and relaxing that we need? Mm. I think this is one of the hardest ones to answer. <laughs> I love that you're so honest. It's, oh, it's so true. Not only from my own experience, but I've literally connected and spoken to and, and worked with hundreds and hundreds of mummers now. And the holiday disappointment, I don't know what we would call it, but that sense of expectation of, wow, we're going on holidays. And then, oh my God, this is actually more work because you're away from home and you're out of routine and children love those two things. They love their home and they love their routine. And so it is a really difficult time, isn't it? So I think I have no magic solutions for this other than to say the only way to get through it is actually to expect that you're not going to get all that you need personally. Uh, I would still really demand that everybody does tiny little things for themselves each day, whether it is a little meditation in the morning or making sure that you can use the hotel's babysitter if you can and all of those things. But I actually think, I remember hearing this quote years ago and it was so important and profound for me. It was, our greatest suffering comes from our fantasy life. And I think our greatest suffering on holidays often comes from the <laughs> fantasy we think it's going to look like. Yeah, lying by the poolside, having pina coladas. That's right. And the kids just quietly playing in the background. And instead, they're lying on top of you, covered in wet bathers. And, you know, they've got sunscreen in their eyes. And all they're saying is, Mommy, Mommy. And so it's just no fun. I think we need to be really careful of the fantasy we have of this. And when we drop the fantasy and see it for what it is, there's actually beautiful blessings and you can rest with them. You can have fun with them. You can enjoy it in such a different way, but it's our our struggle comes from the fantasy we think it should be. Mm, that's really good advice. Look, finally, would you use this time to look at the year ahead to set goals or do any any planning? No. <laughs> No, no, not until after Christmas, Boxing Day onwards. <laughs> Having said that, I actually do release a program that helps you wrap up the year at the start of De- December, and I always feel a bit bad about that because I don't think we should be thinking about it yet. But I do say buy it and then save it for January. No, I think it's it's too early. I, I Once again, priorities. Make sure you're really clear and you're not piling all of this extra pressure on yourself. Once Christmas and Boxing Day is over and that beautiful space of the new year begins, I think then it's really important to get together and have a look at your year and reflect on what the lessons were and put some plans in place for how you want to feel the next year, not goals in terms of I want to make this much money and I want to buy this house, but how do you want to feel in 2019, I think that's a really beautiful thing to do, especially as a family. But don't even go there before Christmas. What a great spot to end on. (laughs) There we go. We're all sorted, all set for Christmas. Amy, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Amy Taylor-Kabaz. She's an author and founder of Happy Mama. 
you've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.